read to you from the book of Numbers again, the 27th chapter, picking up in verse uh, 16, when um, Joshua is to succeed Moses. Moses is now going to be moving off the scene. And he wants to make sure that God's people are looked after, cared for, leadership takes does the proper and right thing with them. And so he says this, and I'm going to read to you from verse 16, or I'm going to pick up in verse 15. It says this, Moses said to the Lord, May the Lord, the God of the spirits of all mankind, appoint a man over this community. And then he tells us what they are to do. To go out and come in before them, one who will lead them out and bring them in, so that the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of man, in whom there is the spirit and lay your hands on him, have him stand before Eleazar the priest and the entire assembly and commission him in their presence. Give him some of your authority so that the whole Israelite community will obey him. He is to stand before Eleazar the priest who will obtain decisions for him by inquiring of the Urim before the Lord. At his command, he and the entire community of the Israelites will go out and at his command, they will come in. Now, this is very similar uh, to or corresponds almost with what Paul uh, said to the Ephesian leaders when he was uh, leaving and was no longer going to see them again in Acts chapter 20. So I just want to read a few of those verses in Acts 20 when Paul says this, uh, in picking up in, in verse 25, he says this, Now, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom, will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today, I'm innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. These shepherds of the church of God, which he, brought with, he bought with his own blood, he says this now, such important thing too. He says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning you of the, uh, each of you night and day with tears. When I was reading these scriptures, I was reminded and just felt God just urged me again to maybe just talk a little bit about what leaders should be doing. But before I do that, just a little thing that I felt God just prompt me to put down and, and, and share a little with you uh, as by way of introduction, maybe. This so-called lockdown, uh, it's, been, it's been a wonderful opportunity for God uh, to help the people and, and for you too, to help the people you lead and care for to embrace, to recognize, to acknowledge and become and receive from the whole eldership team and not just one or two of you. I hope you understand what I'm saying there. Let me just replay, repeat that. He says, I'm, I, this is what I felt the Lord saying to me, that it's a wonderful opportunity to help the people you lead, the, the flock that you care for, you lead, uh, to embrace, recognize, acknowledge and receive from the whole eldership team and not just one or two. 
and also from the deacon team to receive ministry from them all. For many of you, this lockdown has meant that people cannot, haven't been able to have the same access to you to receive all the ministry that they want from you as the visionary or uh, you as the main source, if I could put it that way, of help or ministry. And it's been like that for months now. So it's a wonderful opportunity as God begins to open up the doors as the as this uh, so-called lockdown begins to recede and uh, more and more opportunities are opening up for us again. Uh, I'm, I'm asking you, first of all, to pray and ask God to help the flock, your sh the sheep you're leading, that you're caring for, to receive ministry from the whole team and not just from you or that one or two other sources as their main source. God's a team God. And team has always been on God's heart. And God wants team, the total involvement of team, involved in caring for shepherding, leading, uh, growing the church at every level. Uh, God will never and has never, will, will never entrust all that he has for your church and for his people to one man. Only exception that's ever been for that was Jesus. But he's never entrusted everything that the church needs to one person. Uh, he wants it to be through the, church, the, the whole team into the church. All of those on your team, eldership or deacon team, all of their gifts, their different gifts and graces, ministries, etc., all of them needed and every one of them absolutely essential. So I hope you get that as, as we move into what I feel God wants me to share with you about some of the things we as leaders should be doing if we're going to do it biblically. All right. <laughs> a little thing that I have been thinking about a lot again more recently is, is found in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 2, where Paul is saying to the Corinthians, to some, I am, a, I am an apostle, or, or, he's, or he's saying, to some, I'm not an apostle. Okay, what he really is saying, I can only be to you what you will allow me to be. Now, we know that Paul was an apostle, and yet he's writing, saying here to these Corinthians, some people don't see me as that. Whether they saw him as that or not made no difference, because we all know he was a, a genuine apostle, mightily used of God. But some people refuse to see him as such. And so I'm saying to you that as you want people to see your team, uh, the different ministries and receive from those gifts and graces, you have to understand that unless they begin to see the leaders for who they really are and embrace them as such, they're not going to receive from them. I've seen that there are many people around the world that have not, not been able to receive from me. They just will not listen to what I'm saying. No matter what God puts in their heart, God reveals to them about me, they will not do it. And so that's going to be so in your church. But you need to preach and help people to see that God wants all of the team to be involved in all of the lives of all of God's people. So uh, something like Moses said in Deuteronomy chapter 9, chapter 1, verses 9 through to 17. I was going to read them to you, but I'm looking at the time and saying, time's running out. I better move on. Uh, but he's, he's really, is, I've just got this one little line here you, where he says to, you are too heavy a burden for me to carry alone. You see, if we will use the team 
And God's been using this lockdown, I believe, to help people to loosen up from that rigid one, only one person uh, to where now they're possibly more open to receiving from more of the team. Uh, God uses everything for, for, for good. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 says, For we know that in all things God works together for good to them that love the Lord, to them which are the called according to his good purposes. So now, as we're slowly moving out of this lock, so-called lockdown, and more and more is opening up, remember that God still desires hands-on, face-to-face, person-to-person, fellowship, and leadership. He doesn't want leadership, teaching, and so-called fellowship to be all on a screen. He wants it to be face-to-face, -face, personal, hands-on. I'll just uh, give you a couple of little scriptures that have really been highlighted to me over the years about this hands-on, getting involved in, face-to-face, -face, genuine koinonia, fellowship in God. In 2, in two John John's second letter, the second chapter, verse 12, he says this to this to who, the lady he's writing to. He says, I have much to write to you. Now, writing letters was like the equivalent of the Internet today. All that we use with emails, etc., etc., uh, FaceTime, whatever it may be. He says, I have much to write to you. Th that means of communication at that time. But I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face. He says it again in his third letter in the 13th and 14th verses. He says, I have much to write. I hope to see you soon and we will talk face to face. And so we must not stop because we've got used to it now during this lockdown, so-called. Uh, we must not stop meeting together, not only as leaders, not only leaders with people, but the people with the people. And so we need to get back to where we can worship together, where we can fellowship together, break bread together, where we can re hear the word of God and receive from each other. The word preached, uh, gifts operating, all of that, as Hebrews 10.25 tells us, let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day, and that's of Christ's return, approaching. You see, we were, you know this, we were created for relationship, uh, for fellowship. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 18, God said, it is not good for Adam to be alone. In other words, in isolation, I will make him a helper suitable for him. He says in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase or multiply in number. Now, you can't increase or multiply in number through the Internet. You can't have a meaningful relationship with your spouse or with your family uh, through the Internet. While the Internet can be helpful, while it can be a useful tool, it can never replace human-to-human -human fellowship slash relationships. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 23, Paul says, when you come together, every one of you has, and so he goes on, when you come together. So much of the Old Testament and New Testament life 
was all about doing things together, doing life together, being together, interaction of, of person to person at, at that level, giving and receiving from one another, learning from one another, praying with and praying for one another, sharing life with in a developing, trusting relationship. As I said earlier, koinonia, fellowship. Paul was willing to pay any price to enjoy that. It's, I'm going to come back to that in a moment. Isn't it interesting that Peter, when he was in jail, the moment he was received, released from that prison by the supernatural intervention of angels, what does he do? He goes straight to Rhoda's house where they, he wants fellowship. But Paul was willing to be inconvenienced. He was willing to be um, lashed, uh, imprisoned, uh, shipwrecked, misunderstood, st st stones thrown at him. Uh, attacked there was no price he was not willing to be to pay it to to be with the people of god not just to sit in prison or in a house and and use letters or the the internet had been there in his day but to to be with the people of god and so that's what um, i believe we need to remember as we look at this thing of what about leadership today in john chapter 21 Verses 15 through to 17, you remember with, uh, when, when Jesus speaks to Peter and he says to ask Peter, Peter, do you really, do you love me? Three times he asks him that. And, the, and these are the three answers, uh, responses he gave to Peter's uh, answers. He says this, when, do, you, from, do you love me? If you do, then feed my lambs, take care of my sheep, feed my sheep. Love for Jesus and his bride makes us want to pay the price, makes it worthwhile to, and motivates us to serve God his way. Romans chapter five, verse five, uh, chapter 5 verse 5 says that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Love for God. Peter, do you love me? If you do, this is what I want you to do. Care for my sheep. Feed my lambs. Feed my sheep. And so Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 27 to 31, he says, take care of the flock over which God has made you overseers. So this gives us a little insight into what it means when we are to take care of God's flock. And I want to take the next session and share with you some of the things I see in the scriptures. But before we close, I just want to go back to Numbers 27 and give you the kernel, first of all, before we look at some of the, the ingredients that we need to see and ask the Holy Spirit to help us to live in and respond to. But in Numbers 27, 15 to 17, Moses gives us a good insight into what that looks like. He says this, may God appoint a man over this community. That talks about, first of all, authority, but it also talks about protection, because over is more like an umbrella covering, protecting. It's not dominating or domineering people. It's about protection and exercising authority. Then he says to go out and come in before them. And that has to do with being an example. Show them by example. That's part of leadership. We show people by example. And then he goes on and he says to lead them out and bring them in. Well, that talks about motivating, 
but it also means talks about taking them into the purposes of God, not just leaving them where they are. God had to say to his people, break camp. You've been going around this mountain too long. Break camp. So leaders motivate and then they, leaders take people into the eternal purposes of God. Take their church under God, following him. And then fourthly, he says, so that the Lord's people will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Care for them. Love them. And so we need to be carers. All right. We need to be in authority. We need to be an example. We need to be motivators and we need to be carers. Something like I used to say so often around the world, we need to love, lead and feed. God bless you. Father, we're looking to you again for your help by the Spirit of God, inspiring our hearts, teaching us and taking us on to make us that that you purposed and planned for our lives and for our churches. In Jesus' name, amen.